As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsline here with you. Allison Lucan and Tom Reed are back in Columbus. I'm making my way that way. Allison, say hello. Hello. Tom, let the people know you're here. I'm here. Uh, Blue Jackets 4-3 overtime win last night in Philadelphia. Seth Jones, the game winner, just 10 seconds into overtime. His second goal of the evening. Uh, not a great outing for the Blue Jackets. They blew a two-goal lead for the third straight game. This time they got away with it, though. So two big points for them heading into Saturday's tilt in Nationwide with the Washington Capitals. All sorts of stuff going on. Let's step back just a little bit, if we can, to the now infamous hoodie. Yes. Worn by... John Tortorella on the bench last night in Philadelphia. I can't tell you how many people, this is a weird thing. Uh, it's a weird world we live in. Um, how many people texted, tweeted, whatever, um, last night said, what's up with torch and the hoodie? Uh, I talked to a guy today. Hey, did you ever find out about Tortorella and the hoodie? Why he was wearing a hoodie? Yeah, yeah, he was sick. John Tortorella was really, really sick last night in Philadelphia. Um, I'll let you guys I mean, look. I, we talked to people after the game. The players were kind of cracking on him a little bit for wearing a hoodie. I get the sense he didn't want to get his suit um, soiled, if you will. Um, he soldiered through while another coach, assistant coach Brad Shaw, uh, was in the hospital, still is in the hospital to our knowledge in Philadelphia, 
with abdominal pain. So some weird stuff going on with the Blue Jackets uh, and the, the hoodie and the illness. And yada, I'll let you guys take it from here. You are out at the rink today. What's the latest on the hoodie? What's the latest on the wellness of Shaw and the wellness of John Tortorella as the Blue Jackets move into Saturday's game. <laughs> well, John Tortorella is not at the rink today uh, at all, which I personally am di- disappointed in because I wore a solidarity hoodie to the rink today for him. Um, Impressive. But he was apparently so feeling so ill. He had layers upon layers upon layers on yesterday just trying to stay warm uh, behind the bench. So he was just looking for warmth. Um People were all having some fun with the hoodie, but uh, I think they just want to see him well. Um, hopefully, he had, pre- Coach Larson said that he is considered day-to-day, um, but that there was absolutely no way that Torts wasn't going to be out there behind the bench for, for yesterday's game. Uh, Lars, uh, on the other side, is supposed to be uh, – he's doing much better. Um, it was important to include the much um, and should be released and headed home, uh, if not this evening, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, Shaw. Oh, excuse me, Bradshaw. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have they said what exactly it is with Bradshaw? No, we we ask. Uh, no, they just they're sticking with the whole abdominal. Yeah, mid body. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mid body. Um, so but that's obviously good news. And I had even asked Larson if 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 Shaw had been healthy last night because Kenny McTudden, who normally works upstairs, uh, was brought down to the bench because they were down a guy. And I was wondering if, you know, in talking with everyone and you, Aaron, you were there and you talked with people that the torts was so sick. I almost wondered if 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 Shaw had been healthy, if torts would have just skipped the game. But 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 uh, Larson said, no, he would have tried to find a way to uh, make it through it. And I, it, it is kind of funny. I mean, everyone's kind of having a little fun with it. First of all, we're just glad that. Torts is gonna get back. But when he first came out. He looked like he had that like track suit on and he had his, his jacket over it. And he looked like every video you ever see of people escaping a, a house fire. Not, <laughs> he had the jacket. It's like, what is this outfit? But then as soon as you looked at him, you're like, oh, my God, he looks sick. And the other thing is, this is the second time, right? The torch has been battling illness this year. Yes. So you hope for, for his sake. But to, 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 to jump on Aaron's point about the hoodie... I mean, there were the the Twitter was filled with Belichick jokes, and then the the, the actual the team's um, the team's Twitter. I don't know. I haven't looked at it in the last five minutes, but even the Twitter uh, avatar is now torts in a hoodie. So I'm just waiting for the Hall of Fame to call and ask for the hoodie. It'll be in the well, front. If the, if if the uh, gift shop is smart, they've ordered 500 of these for the next couple of weeks before Christmas, and they're sticking his name on the back of it. Yeah, I'm always suspicious of people that wear hoodies, so I don't Yeah. You were a trendsetter on this one, Tom. <laughs> yeah. But you wear whether you're sick or not. Well, yeah, that? I pray wear them every day. Yeah. Um, Blue Jackets went over the Flyers last night. There were some warts involved with this win. Um, we mentioned the two-goal lead being blown. I don't know if we mentioned it, but, oh, my God, there were some glaring defensive breakdowns. There were some odd man rushes. There were there was a little bit of everything in that game, which was just one of those games last night that I think there are a lot of where the puck is just it's like they're playing with one of those bouncy balls you used to buy out of the machine for twenty five cents. You know, you remember those super bouncy balls? Oh, yes. It's like they're playing with that where you're like, 
what what are you doing? Where there are pucks, a pass that's just off a bit, the player reaches and hits off the butt end of a stick and kicks behind him. And then the Flyers pick it up and they go a direction and they make a pass to their guy that's about eight, maybe 12 feet off, and then it rattles around the boards. And you're like, what is, there's like 50 minutes of this that's almost unwatchable. And then there are moments where you go, okay, now they're playing hockey. The Blue Jackets had some huge breakdowns in there. I think the knee jerk, certainly last night, I, I shied away from it because I couldn't get it confirmed that it was Borensky, but there's lots of thought that Sanheim was Borensky's guy on both goals. Again, I don't know that to be true. You guys may have been able to poke around a little bit more today at the rink where, where nerves have calmed and and uh, guys are a little more freer with their thoughts and words. What? Because he didn't play. He didn't play after Sanheim scored the 3-3 goal. We should say Artemi Panarin was benched at times in the third period as well. So it isn't just Wierenski, but it is Wierenski that has been a story throughout this season. Um, Allison, go with this if, if you want to start it. What was said today at the rink about Wierenski's play, and, and is, the, is this theme that's been with us for much of the season, is it still at play here? Yeah, I'm actually going to kick over to Tom here since he kind of took the lead there with Zach okay. um, in some of our conversations. Tom, you want to speak to that with what Zach's comments were today? Yeah, I think Zach is just – I think he's just frustrated. I, I don't know – and, and when I say that, I want to add some context. I don't know if he was just frustrated having to talk to us about it or he was actually frustrated about it. But in, in listening to him, I did not get a sense that he knew for sure why he did not play the last five minutes. Uh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't get a sense. And I asked him point blank, was the, was that your responsibility? And I asked goal, and I, the, the, the answer that he kind of gave was, I, you know, I was certainly involved in it, but I don't think it was necessarily my thing. Like he, we got into the whole goal in, New, in, in on Long Island, where like, yes, that's my fault. I tried to make a play, it didn't work out. Probably just should have stayed in front of the net with Casey Sezikis. And um, it, it goes there, but uh, no, I, I just get a sense that he's frustrated. Somebody had asked him, you know, what has your season been like? And he he just said it's all over the place. It's just I'm all over the place right now. And we Brad Larson had an interesting. We asked Brad Larson about this and what's going on with him. And we once again heard the whole thing of, you know, he's got to you know got to compete, got to compete. He's a young guy. We love him. He's got to compete, and especially late in shifts. He's saying, I think what they're seeing is maybe a little bit of an energy dip late in shifts, and you've just got to fight through it and and, and, and do enough to get off the ice and, and come back. So that was kind of the theme. I, I love Allison jump in. He was there for Larson, too, for what, what, what she heard from him. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, it's, it's important to note, I, I did ask as just a point of clarification if they think that – this this playing through the duration of a shift, you know, if any of it's a mental block with the shoulder, because what I heard at first were what I interpreted. It was some comments about playing a little bit more physical. And um, Brad Larson was very specific that, no, he thinks that it's it has nothing to do with the shoulder and that it's it's just about continuing to round out uh, this defensive side of his game. And, and he, like many of us have said, you know, this isn't this isn't a player failing on massive levels. This is a, a very talented player who's going through a phase of development. We have to remember he's a young kid, um, and it, it's just watching to see how this evolves. It, it's kind of crazy to think that, 
he went through the first two years that he did. Um, and now we're starting to see what we usually see from, from someone when the league starts to figure them out and maybe they're, there's no more element of surprise. It seems like that's happening to Zach this year more than it did last year. Yeah. Nice. Well, I was just going to say, it sure does seem like it's happening more. I always wonder too, it, it's sort of like when, a, when, and I shouldn't use this analogy given that I'm in an airport, but when a plane goes down, Oh, boys. No, no. For the next two weeks, anytime there's some sort of plane was diverted, it becomes a story, right? Um, in other words, when you're really when you're looking for it, you see it more than if it just happens and you're not necessarily looking for it. I wonder if part of that's at play too. But it, you know, last night at the end of the game, Ryan Murray was up next to Seth Jones to close that game out at three three. Something we saw Warensky's rookie year, and I think we saw it a little bit early on last year not so much later in the season and um, tom do you think that's something they go back to um in tight games especially say tomorrow night against washington pretty big game for them first place in metro on the line is it too early in the season to be thinking that way are we still in learn some lessons and and let the kids uh game grow mode where do you think this goes from yeah it's interesting because all i can hear is is tortorella saying a, stop coaching, Aaron, and B, don't overthink it. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, you do wonder if 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 you're if they say if, if this keeps happening late in games with him, if they do start to say, hey, you know, I, I just was it a benching or is it just we're going to go with our right more defensively sound players? But in that case, last night that was a tie game, right? Or, or, yeah, and and I was parsing that with with uh, Larson after the game. And if you think about it, if they if it's not a benching, then what is it if they decide to go with the players that they think can close out the game and you're not one of them? Well, the other not thing mention. was it was a tie game, so you could have yeah. used that. So it was certainly a benching in that situation. I think sure. what you and I are talking about is if we see a situation tomorrow night, say, where they're holding a 3-2 lead in the last yeah. six or seven minutes, that is where the question becomes, do they start to go back? I don't think they do yet. But I think they're really trying to drive home a point of, and, and I, I think we've, I think we've done a decent job explaining this to the fans. But when we say compete, we don't mean knock the guy over. We don't mean club him. We don't mean right. drag him down. And and Lars was very good about this. He's like, look, Zach's big. All we want him to do is compete through the shift, play hard. And um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, they love his offensive ability. They love the player. They're just trying to work through this situation early in the year and and try to get him to understand that. That's the part that I think is frustrating for Zach right now is, like, okay, yeah. what, what do I need to do here? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a conundrum because the kid is so stupid talented. I mean, just crazy talented. It, it, this is not like a – I mean, this isn't where is this going on the big – Big sense. This is just, you know, what's next in this process. Can and I want to add one point to this. And, and we've all heard this. And sometimes we hear Torts say, and recently we've heard him say about Declare, he doesn't understand this or, or he doesn't understand what we're looking for. And, and we're thinking, why are you picking on Declare or, or how can he and a player not understand it? In listening to Zach today, I get the same sense. So this is a valid thing with coaches and players. Yeah. Like the players, like what? Wait, what am I not getting here? What? Why? Why did I get? Why am I being singled out here? 
And they're yeah. saying, no, we, this is with everybody. You have to compete. Yeah. You have to all the way through your shift. And I think this translates, frankly, to everybody's job. It's, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. But at, in every line of work, there are people who, you, who come into the business thinking it's this and then realize how much harder their job is. I think we've all seen that's just part of growing up. And some people adjust to it quicker and better and when, than others do. Yeah. And when you're playing on first, when you're playing on the top line with, with Seth Jones, yes. you're, you're going to be put in important roles late in games. Big time. That you have to be able to play both ends of the ice. And I think that's all they're trying to work through. I think I, I don't think any of us think that it's not going to get resolved at some point. But it is a process, and he's still, what, 21, 22 years old? Yeah. It, it, it almost has to be some sort of regression on his part, though, because he's played with them the last yeah. couple of years, and this was never an issue before. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, This is part of the process, yeah, but I almost feel like there's been a regression in part of his game that has led us to this this year because – yeah, the first year we're like, well, you just don't want him in those situations where confidence can get damaged. But you also didn't notice like just egregious breakdowns on the ice um, and say, well, that's his guy. He wasn't put he wasn't sort of a man on an island like this his first couple of years, which leads me to believe that leads me to believe that there's something with his performance that's taken at least defensively taken a step back. So, it, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum uh speaking of Duclair Bjorkstrand do we think Duclair goes back in tomorrow against the Caps do we have any idea there no I Allison no I, I didn't get any sense today I don't think we, honestly I don't think we asked yeah but you wouldn't not on a day like this so any news or notes from the rink out there today Brad Shaw released from a hospital hopefully tonight or tomorrow that's good news any other player news of sorts I mean, I think I just want to give a, a shout out. You know, it was it, it was a nice, um, as Nick Felino said, you don't want to see it happen under the circumstances it did. But I think it was a really good boost for the team to have Kenny McCudden behind the bench uh, last yeah, night. Yeah. This is a guy that has the luxury of not really having to to hold players accountable in a quote unquote traditional coaching sense. His job is to help the players get better. And, and even as he self-describes, be a rah-rah guy. So yeah. I think that, uh, as Nick said, it was a really positive energy to have Kenny behind the bench. And he also said he thought it came at, at a good time because, you know, they were coming off the two losses. So just to have that injection of, of some good vibes and to see Kenny there and to see him get involved in in pulling that offsides challenge and everything, I thought um, that bears mention because this team, they really just know what they have in Kenny McCudden and they love being around him and they really value him and, it was special for the players and special for the coach, to be honest, to to have that in-game experience there last night. Kenny said he thinks that's maybe just the 10th time, preseason games included, that he's been able to be behind the bench in a game. So just, just a neat little note there for him. Yeah, um, I swear I, I could hear him up above. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't hear well. And I, I think the other the other thing that we, we, we ask uh, – Brad Larson was great, by the way, today. He, the first time I, first time where he's done the whole media group, I think he he went on for ten minutes. He was really good and expansive. And I think we, we the touching on this the whole idea, and you mentioned it, Aaron. It was the third time they've lost a two goal lead. And I think what bears mentioning in in all these cases is I know this is a big thing with Allison in the past. You talk about respond schools. Are you going to respond right away? Well, this is the second or third time in a row where when they give up one, they give up another one. I think yeah. the last night was like two and two minutes. And I, 
two and a half minutes, and they just barely got out of the Islander situation. Um, you know, they had a two nothing lead, and you, you just wonder. And 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 Larson's thing, he first started down the hole. Well, it's the league, it's the league. You know, every night you turn on the TV, you see two gold leads, and that that's the evidence is there. You can certainly see it. But then he got into, well, you could see guys getting nervous. And that's something they've got to work through. This, it, I think it ebbs and flows during the course of the season. We've seen it. We, you know, we've seen the Blue Jackets bounce right back. And, and, and I think this is just one of those times right now where when they give up a goal, especially when they have a lead, it's like, okay, what's going to happen here? Because, boy, last night, Sean Couturier, you want to talk about missing an open net. Oh. The, the, he puts it right back into Bob. Yes. That was one of the. I mean, we're not talking about a fourth line player. Uh, so there was a there was a stretch there where they were really kind of in scramble mode. Yeah, they're really fortunate to get out of there with a win. Yeah. So just to to speak on that real quick, in the last one two in the last five games, there have been thirteen response goals, which is two goals scored within two minutes of each other, and just five of of those thirteen. Only two have been the Blue Jackets scoring back-to-back. And yeah. only three have been the Blue Jackets scoring right after their opponent did. So the balance are all either the opponent scoring too quick or the opponent scoring in response to the Jackets. So that's a heavily weighted swing yeah. in the opponent's favor right now. I this sounds like this analytically is speaking coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't ruin your best material here. Allison, I feel like this is a, a t- team, and Larson talked to this a little bit last night, that is sort of caught between the desire to be aggressive and the fear of getting burnt. And they're a little bit hesitant uh, and a little confused, frankly, when they're going back uh, defending a rush right now. And, and the Flyers started sending more guys in and throwing caution to the wind because they had to. And boy, the breakdowns came fast. Well, I wonder. Remember last year, but was it about this time, or maybe a little bit later, where the uh, "safe as death" sign came down? Yeah. Remember yeah. There, when they were giving up a tons of goals there? It seemed like late in the fall, maybe early in the winter, where he decided, okay, we're going to not go with the rover thing. We're not going to be putting so many guys up the ice. Uh, and then, of course, he eventually went back to the way that he liked to play. Uh, yeah, I did it. I, maybe it's just a little spell. It's it's a long season. It's 82 games. You're going to have stretches like this, but man, they are they gave up some whopper chances last night. Yeah, and boy, if they play that way against Washington on Saturday, that's a team even without Oshie, even without Wilson. Um, it looks like both of those players are out with concussions, so that's a big break for the Blue Jackets. But they still have a litany of stars as this. City and team saw last spring in the playoffs, so Columbus has got to clean it up, or that uh, they may not have a two-goal lead if they play that way. It could just turn ugly quick. Uh, so, anything else we need to get to, guys? I'm making my way to my gate here in Chi Town. Anything? Uh, what's the uh, local hockey situation like this weekend, Allison? Well, with uh, Ohio State uh, in finals, uh, both teams have the week off, so it'll resume. Oh. It'll resume next week. So stay tuned. Excellent. Nice, nice. All right, well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for making it happen. And people are reading. Thanks for subscribing and reading and watching the post game videos, listening to this podcast, and all the good stuff. Uh, wish you well, and we'll talk to you. This is Friday, so we'll talk to you. 
on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Take care. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.